yo, all you see is this female. She had like, she had a big old knife, bro. It looked like a machete. And she grabs it out of her like right pocket or she had like something holding it up and she swipes, right? And we're like, bro, what the, what, what the heck just happened, bro? I didn't escalate that much. And I'm looking and cause I'm a little further, I'm on the further end, but then I look at my homies and they're all like, like screaming, bro. Like what? The, like cursing and screaming. And bro, he turns around and his throat is slit, bro. Like slit. He's bleeding. He's literally bleeding out. He's holding his throat in. And I'm like, oh man, like, what am I looking at right now, bro? I came from Honduras when I was uh, seven. So I turned eight here. I had a Christian background, but I didn't really get involved with church until later on. My upbringing was, uh, it, was, it was, for me, it was rough because I had to, you know, adjust to coming into a new country, didn't really know the, the language. It was, it was uh, uh, difficult because I had to experience a lot of bullying. And so I started lashing out, you know, because what I expected from everybody was bad, really. You know, I, I, I was aggressive or defensive, you know, because I, I felt attacked most of the time, even with my teachers, man. Like, some of my teachers would, you know, would make fun of me because I didn't know how to simply ask them that I needed to go to the bathroom. So, you know, I, I remember experiencing things like that. And I'm like, yo, like, there's really no safe place outside of, like, home, you know. Obviously, you're a Christian. And um, um, before becoming a Christian, there was a lot of things that, that the world, that the enemy put you through. Could you just share some of those things? I know it's a lot of them, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, when I was younger, I got abused. So I felt I, I experienced abuse when I was younger um, by somebody close to me. So that definitely brought out a curiosity in me. What uh, kind of abuse? Uh, sexual abuse. I was molested by somebody close to me, and so it was uh, it was painful because I didn't really understand um, the why. And I, I would uh, most of the time thinking back on it, I would blame myself. And so um, it was it was confusing as a, as a child. But then again. I was like, okay, so what is this? And now, you know, I'm curious about it. How old were you when that happened? I was, I was eight. Eight years. Yeah, it, it happened as soon as I got here. So, yeah, and I had experienced that uh, in Honduras, you know, uh, but it was with uh, somebody my age, so uh, it didn't feel, you know, like wrong. But then when I came here, it was somebody who was older than me, and so I was like, what the heck? Like, what's going on? Like, why is this happening? You know. How long, how long did that go for? It just happened once. once. It, it just happened once, but that, that one time that it happened, it was enough for me to, for me to like be confused about my, myself because the person who did that to me was a male. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm, I'm not a homosexual, you know? And so uh, it was confusing because I'm like, why did I let this happen? Why, why did I, you know, why did I do this? Why did I say yes to this? Most of the times that I was curious, it was it, all of the times that I was curious, it was always with the with the other sex. So you know, with the opposite sex. So it was very weird for me, like that experience. It was traumatic, you know. So I know that you had um, um, a background in gang activity, gang lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Could you share a little bit about that? Did that come into play right after these encounters, or when exactly did that begin in your life? So I was, uh, I I met a friend at at school. Right, and uh, I, I think I was I was turning fifteen, 
I was turning 15 because I was it was my freshman year, and I, I didn't really know <laughs> that his uh, his uh, his family they were bloods, you know, and, and like old school bloods, army bloods, uh, people who traveled from place to place, and you know they they started rapping that set, you know, and they were they were bounty hunter bloods. Uh, it's a set here in Maryland. I didn't know about that, right? So I would I would go to my friend's house. We would uh, smoke weed, drink a little bit, do certain things here and there, but nothing serious, right? As I got older, I think 16, 17, I started seeing that it was a lot more organized than I thought. I think at, at that at that age, 16, that's when um, you started to hear more about promethazine and, and Xanax and all these other drugs that people didn't really know like their potential. Um, well, for, for me, it was it was new. Everything was new, right? So um, started selling some of that, started selling some of that in school. I got really big in school. Um, and that's, I wasn't a part of the set yet. At 16, I wasn't a part of the set. Uh, I was just affiliated, you know? I, I didn't even know that they would really keep it under wraps. They wouldn't just let anybody, you know, in. Um, but like I said, I had my good friend was, he was the youngest of the family. And so um, just hanging out with him, you know, I was involved. And uh, anyways, going back to school, I started selling drugs. I started uh, selling a lot of weed, but then it wasn't enough to really, you know, uh, meet that need that I had, which is I, I was I've I've always had an interest in money, um, and so <laughs> uh, I, I started, you know, orchestrating just ways of making more money. And the school that I went to was perfect. Everybody was honestly pretty much uh, ghetto, and really wanted to, you know party and, and go and go all out. So um, um, I started selling Xanax and then I started selling um, Molly, started mixing Molly and Coke. And then I just started selling Coke. From there, I started uh, basically going into other schools. So I was at Northwood. Then I started sending some of my friends. I, it literally went that deep. I started sending some of my friends uh, who I knew personally to go to uh, different schools to to sell there. So after school, everybody knew who to go to, you know, to get what they needed, whether it was weed, Xanax, uh, ecstasy. I mean, I, honestly, we sold pretty much everything. So, um, yeah, I think where it started to affect me more, like personally, where, you know, this whole me being in this lifestyle started to affect me more was when I joined, right? When I, when I got initiated. And the way I got initiated was at 16, uh, I got called from one of the homies and they were like, we're meeting up for a cookout in Glenmont. I was like, all right, cool. I'm, you know, going to a cookout. You know, I'm, I'm dressed all nice, you know, about to go eat. And I'm thinking it's about to be a good old time. And um, man, I, I get there and uh, we're in the, like, uh, uh, it was an apartment, but, you know, uh, we were in, in like the grass area of the apartment. The apartment was on the bottom floor. And man, it looked it looked creepy, bro. Like, <laughs> like nobody could see you there. It was it was real well hidden, like in a corner. And so I get there and I, I see it's like it's like 10, 10 deep. And I'm talking about a grown man, like 30 plus, built as heck, tatted up. One of them, uh, one of my homies, um, uh, I, like I said, I don't really want to say their names. There's no purpose of that, but he had just got out of jail and we knew what he was about. And um they start talking to me, right? And they're like, all right, you know, it's 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 time. Y'all gotta get down. You know, y'all, y'all, y'all been around us too much. Y'all know what we do. Y'all are contributing. So 
let's get let's get y'all down. And so they asked me a simple question. They were like, how do you want to get down? You want to get jumped in or you want a mission? And, you know, I was like, I'm 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 the smallest there. You know, I'm the youngest there. So in in my young mind, I'm like, man, jump me in. <laughs> let's go, you know, jump me in. Let's do it. And um my older cousin, who's six six, you know, linebacker, he's like, man, I want the mission. And so uh, they looked at him. They're like, yo, this young buck, he's about to get down by getting a beat down, and you want to you want to go on a mission? They were like, no, you about to get jumped right now. And they were like, your mission. They they were talking to me. Your mission is to jump in him, to jump in him, to jump him in. And I was like, what? And so I started. I looked at my cousin. I'm like. Dang, son, like I, I gotta, I gotta dog my cousin, and so guess who jumped them in with me? It was, uh, it was my, 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 my homie, the, you know, the one I, I grew up with, basically, and we, we put him in the middle, and it's, we're all surrounding him, but it's just two of us at first, um, and so we start, we start fighting with him. He, he's, he's turned towards my, my, my homie, and then um, I start dogging him. And I think that moment was because now I don't really I don't really have a relationship with my with my cousin. Um, that that moment I think shifted something in our relationship because you know what I did to him wasn't 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 good. You know I, I messed him up like real bad. Uh, he was focused on my uh, on my uh, on my homie. I took out his legs and he started having leg problems. Um, and then. Um, more came in, you know. We dogged him. He's a big boy. He he got his he got his hits in. But then after that, you know, we got turned, started drinking, heavily drinking. <laughs> and then uh yeah, that's that that that's basically how I I got in. Um and then after that, that's when it started getting a bit crazy. Um we started uh collecting rent. Uh, from the neighbors, whoever was uh, selling drugs, and we—the thing is, we knew. Like I said, I went to a school where everybody was selling drugs. Like uh, everybody was selling drugs, and so we knew the people in our neighborhood who we needed to go to and be like, "You owe me some money. Like you're selling here, you owe me some money." And so, if they didn't want to comply, they would get run up on, like their house. You know, their 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 families would get hurt. Uh, I saw a lot of that. I saw some rape too. Um, some females getting raped because they were drinking too much. It's a bit uh, much for me now to think about it because obviously I got Jesus now. But when I think about stuff like that, like it, it, get, it makes me emotional. I, I didn't honestly. I didn't really take part in that because it, it wasn't. It was. It just wasn't me. You know that wasn't me. I was more about the drugs. I like to party. You know. Um, I also like to fight. I was a big fighter, <laughs> you know, growing up. That was that was my thing. You know, everybody looked at me. They're like, oh, look at this young kid. Like, he's small. I was like, I ain't that small, bro. <laughs> like, you know, I would fight a lot, especially when I would get drunk. Like, I, you know, when I would when I would drink, I started to get a lot, uh, a lot more violent and aggressive, even with the way I would talk. I would fight the homies, like, every time I would drink. Like, everybody knew if Isaac's drinking, somebody's going to fight. And so that's that's just how it was. I did see somebody get killed. Um, I remember being at a, at a house in that same neighborhood, and we were all 
basically on coke. And I seen this female come come up to to one of the. I, he's not a homie, so I can I can I can say his name. His name is Bob, and uh, he comes. She comes up to Bob, and um, she she's selling him uh, coke, right? And he opens it up. He takes uh, he takes you know a, a, a good sniff of it, and uh, it's 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 um, what's it called? It's watered down. They she mixed it with Molly. And so he's he's pissed. He could taste, you know, Molly's bit. Well, Molly's bit. You don't know. Molly Molly's bitter. You know, it's not like it's not the same as Coke. You could tell the difference with you know, with Coke and with something that's mixed with Coke. And so, you know, automatically, Ba was like, you know, calling her a, a B, this and that, cursing her out. Yo, all you see is this female. She had like she had a big old knife, bro. It looked like a machete, and she grabs it out of her like right pocket, or she had like something holding it up, and she swipes right. And we're like, bro, what the what what the heck just happened, bro? I didn't escalate that much. And I'm looking, and cause I'm a little further, I'm on the further end. But then I look at my homies, and they're all like, like screaming, bro, like what, the? like cursing and screaming, and bro. He turns around and his throat is slit, bro. Like slit. He's bleeding. He's literally bleeding out. He's holding his throat in. And I'm like, oh man, like, what am I looking at right now, bro? And so it literally, we were all in shock. I think at most a few seconds passed by and we start we start hearing sirens. And I'm like, oh heck no. So I'm I'm turned. Like I'm 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 turned. I I I have I have no clue what I'm about to do. I throw myself off the porch. I hurt myself. I throw myself uh, over the the um, the uh, metal fence, and I start running. I'm running. I'm running. I'm running. And I hear the cops behind me. I'm like, oh, bro, I'm about to get caught up. I get underneath the van, right? And the cops are on foot now, and they're passing literally through me. I see their feet. They're passing. They're passing in, in flashlights. My cousin got bagged. He got he got uh, locked up for that, um, just because, like I said, being there, we had drugs there. A couple minutes, you know, pass. I get out of the van. I think it's safe. Nah, bro. They're out. They turn off their flashlights. They're out. And I keep running because I hear them. They're like, stop. And I'm like, nope. Gone. I start hopping fences, right? Bruh, tell me why they let dogs loose. They let the dogs loose on us. And so I'm running from the, from the, from the cops and I hear the dogs coming. And I jump, uh, I jump over one last fence. And then I see a, a, a porch with with a screen, um, with a screen, with a screen at the bottom of the porch. But I, I was like, nah, nah, nah. Like a dog will get me there. And so I was like, nah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to figure out where I go. And there's a shed. I go to the shed. I go behind the shed, and there's a whole bunch of wood. Yo, I start digging up the wood, and I start throwing it on myself, bro, and throwing dirt all over myself. I don't know how, bro. The dogs didn't get me. Like I was there literally like four hours, bro, just waiting it out. And um. I think it's like, at that point, it was like probably like 6 a.m. It was, it's already morning time. And so I'm coming out. It's, it, it, got, it was safe, you know, for me to come out. And then I start calling people. I'm like, yo, what happened? You know, they're like, Bob's in, in the ICU. You know, we don't know if he's going to make it. My cousin's locked up because he was like drunk. And uh, a few other homies got caught up that day. But man, I, didn't, I got away. <laughs> I, got, I got lucky, bro. So, so how did this all turn around because obviously now you have you know you you have some trauma from childhood yeah going through high school yeah. um 
you're you're seeing these crazy things you're going through these crazy experiences yeah. and, and you know pain trauma and uh, all of these things are just accumulating in your life so what was the turnaround so all right so towards the end of uh towards the end of my my old life right i'm gonna say like this towards the end of my old life i started drinking more you know when i started drinking more that's when things started to to shift around me i started becoming a lot more violent and aggressive and careless i got into hit and runs um i got into two hit and runs one of them i got away with the other one i got caught in um i basically i was i was i had popped xanax and and drank like probably half of a of a Hennessy bottle and uh passed out. I woke up, thought it was the same day. It was literally like a day and a half later. Uh and since you know I I, I was drinking like in the afternoon around six and I literally work woke up like like I think uh the next morning, like early morning, my mom's knocking on my door. She's like, yo, um uh your cousin's getting arrested. I'm drunk, bro. Like I'm, I'm twisted off of Xanax. You know, I popped, I popped a Xanax, and it, it didn't, I didn't feel anything. And so I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm gonna pop another one. And uh, twisted, bro. I, 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 Xanax makes you lose like gaps of time. Like if you were drunk, it, it makes you feel like if you were drunk, honestly. So. Um, yeah, I, I get in the car with my mom. I don't even know what the heck is going on. She's like, oh, your cousin's getting arrested. He lives like three blocks away. We get to the house and my cousin's outside fighting with my uncle because he wanted to get inside the house. My uncle wouldn't let him get inside the house. And all you hear is the sirens, right? And I'm I'm over here like on GTA mode or something. I get in the car and, and I, my mom's outside of the car at this point. I get in the car and I call my cousin. I'm like, get in the car. You know, I'm I'm twisted. And my mom's looking at me, scared out of her life, bro. My cousin gets in the car and the cop pulls up behind me, right? As soon as he does that. And then I didn't even know what was going on. And so my uh, my, my my mom, she tries to open the door and I hit the gas. Bro, I almost, I almost ran over my mom, you know, because her feet uh, were at one point like underneath like the wheel. But thankfully, the cop came out on time and yanked her out of the out of the way, bro. I, after that, uh, that hurt me more because I was like, "Yo, I'm stupid, man. Like, like I, I'm careless. I'm careless. I don't know what I was doing." And so I'm speeding in this car. It's it, I'm sharing all of this because uh, it's important to like you know why you know I was like something needs to change. And so. Uh, I'm speeding, like going 50 miles per hour on a on a uh, in a neighborhood, making turns in a SUV at like 50 miles per hour, and I lose control of the car. I run into a house. I run into a car. I get the car out of the house. I run into a car, and then um, I think I'm good, and I'm running into literally like I'm like boom, 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 just smacking cars, uh, and then finally I smack the car into a, like a, a tree, right, or something like that. The tree freaking dies. The tree's dead. Um, and some bushes. They're definitely dead. And uh, I don't know what to do, right? I'm stuck there. The car's messed up. And somehow the car was still running, uh, all beat up like that. I get to my, uh, I, I drive to my to my people's house, right? I drop off my cousin. I, I uh, drive to my people's house. And then the cops pull up at my house. But the reason, I didn't know that the reason that they pulled up at my house was because I had called them. See, I had, I had lost like, like 
like moments of time where, you know, like I called the police trying to tell them like, hey, I just freaking messed up, ran over a whole bunch of cars in the house. And um, and uh, they they come and they're like, are you okay? What did you do? Da, da, da. I'm like, oh, I, I lost control of the car, this and that. Uh, they're like, are you intoxicated? I'm like, no. At that point, I wasn't drunk anymore. I was just off Xanax. Like the Xanax were, they were still in my system. They can't, they couldn't test that. So I'm like, just test me, right? Because I knew, it, it, I knew the 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 liquor had was out. So I was like, just test me. I took a shower before they came. I didn't even know why I was taking a shower. I literally took a shower. The cops show up at my house. I look at my mom's car. That joint's done. And I'm there in front of cops. Like, what the freak? <laughs> like, what am I doing? And my mom's like begging them not to like you know, lock me up, this and that. Um, they just took me to the station and, uh, you know, had me there for a couple hours uh, trying to ask me questions and stuff like that. And I was just like, man, you know, I was just trying to get my cousin out of out of, out of uh, uh, a messed up situation because I know the way you guys treat him. Because the thing is, my cousin, my cousin, my cousin's in jail right now, right? He's, he's honestly, he's been in jail for the past 10 years. And so, um, they're, they're asking me, why did you run away with him? I'm like, because every time you guys see him, you start dogging him because he's he's six six, like big dude. They get scared. You know, my cousin's not a punk, so he just talks to them however he wants to, obviously. So uh, that, that was my mind. You know, that was my mindset. Like, let, I, might, I might get this, this fool out of harm's way. Um, and so they were like, okay, that makes sense, da, 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 or whatever. That's what they said. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess that does make sense. And so... That's when it kind of uh, like tipped over, where it was like, all right, like the next, the next, uh, the next time something like this happens, I might not get so lucky. You know what I'm saying? Because I started getting, I started getting real crazy. I'm gonna share something else though. Uh, hopefully, it's okay. Um, right before I got saved, I remember. I had uh, pulled up on a on a drug dealer, right? He had a, he had an O, he had an O of, of some of some gas that that I thought was some gas, and um, he showed it to me. It looked good. I, I get I get I get to my homie's house and I'm like, yo, I just got an O. No, we're about to we're about to start weighting it and and bagging it up. Um, and so I'm making like dimes and dub bags and and uh, tray fives and stuff like that. Um, and uh, I'm like, yo. Dude, this weed looks weird at the bottom. And so I look at the weed, right? And I'm I'm like, yo, this is Reggie. Like he sold me Reggie mixed with 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 get with uh loud, right? So I was I was blown, bro. And so uh basically uh I uh I uh, <laughs> I I call him back and I'm like, yo, let me get another one of them just let me get two. I asked him for two more O's, right? And um, he's like, all right, I got you, right? And he didn't, he didn't know what I knew because, you know, anybody would have called him, start spazzing on him, saying, oh, I'm going I'm to do this to you. I'm going to murk you. I was like, nah, I'm going to call him. I'm going to ask him for some more, you know, because he had already took 250 from me. I'm like, all right, you think you better take 500 more from me? You're not. And so, you know, I'm, I'm driving in my Monte Carlo. I had a strap on me. And um, he pulls up and I'm with my homie. He, he, my homie's in the passenger seat. My homie gets out. He gets into the back of the car and it's a it's a two-door car, right? He can't go nowhere. And so I pull out I pull out my strap and I'm like, run everything. I want everything. So I'm like, yo, as soon as I pulled out my strap on him, he was like, uh, like shook. 
and he like he 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 crapped himself, like he crapped himself, yeah, he crapped himself, and so uh, literally uh, I'm like I'm we start we're in a car and we start smelling that crap. My my homie grabs the the strap out my hand and he starts beating him with the strap. He's dogging him with the strap. With, he has like he has the two O's in his hand. I'm like, yo, don't mess up the weed. <laughs> so I grab I grab the weed out, out of the way and he's dogging him. And so uh, we took his shoes, took some of his. Uh, I'm, 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 there's a reason I'm sharing both of these stories. Um, I took his shoes, uh, his wallet. You know, he had like a watch or something like that. And we throw him out outside the car. He's messed up. All right, so hit and run. Had pulled out a strap on on a well-known like drug dealer around the area. I felt it, like I felt like something was going to happen to me. So uh, remember, it's uh, it's uh, uh, New Year's thirty uh, first, and I'm with a female, right? I I uh, I'm laying on my bed. Uh, Two thousand fifteen. I'm laying on my bed, and I'm. I'm like drunk as heck and I start crying. I'm like, and I, you know, I, I had a Christian up, uh, upbringing in, in a sense of like, I knew that there was a God and like, you know, he was out there. I had, uh, I had told him, I was like, yo, like I told him, I remember, I remember saying, I was like, yo, like if you don't, if you don't get me out of this, I'm done. Like I, I knew it. Like I knew that like 2016 was my last year. Like I, I felt it, right? I knew that something was gonna happen. So I was like, if, if you don't either, OD or or whatever, because I was doing hard drugs, like, you know, like hardcore. And so um, I'm like, man, if you don't take me out of this, I ain't gonna make it, right? And so, and I didn't know, I didn't know how much that moved God's heart for me to say that to him in the state where I was, because he saw how broken I was. He saw how messed up I was. He, he knew that I couldn't quit. You know, he knew it. I was done. And so, I think January, February come, and um, I start hearing, I start hearing these voices. Like you know, I don't know, I didn't know whose voice that was, but um, I started hearing this. Right, I start hearing this. I'm gonna use everything, like just like that. I'm gonna use everything that you've gone through, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and I start hearing this. I'm gonna get you out, just like that, just like that, right? And so. My cousin Jasmine, right? She 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 had like been like trying to take me to church, and so I would go to her church, <clears throat> and uh, it's a church in in Lanham, and and I would like be there and just fall asleep. Like I would I would be at the at the at the church, and I would bro the preachers like the preachers preaching right here. I'm right there, and um, I'm I'm knocked out, and I'm I didn't care, you know, like I didn't I didn't care about the message. I didn't care what he was sharing, and so. Through the course of uh, of uh, the next, from the end of the year 2015 through like uh, June, I knew that there was something different because I kept hearing God's voice. I didn't know it was God's voice at the time, but I kept hearing his voice. Like literally telling me like, I'm gonna use all of this crap that you've been doing for good. I'm gonna use it, right? And every time, it would be every time when I would get drunk. Every time when I was turned, like people were like, oh, you were just drunk. Nah, that was God. He was telling me. So uh, June, right? I get to June. Uh, I'm with a, a, a female right now. I'm still like kind of running away from God. I, I hear him, but I'm running away. And uh, this female, this female that I was with, um, 
she uh, she was in love with me. She's a young girl. And honestly, I didn't really care much for her. Like, I just, uh, I just didn't care, you know. Uh, I was just using her. And uh, I remember laying in bed with her. I'm half asleep. And I'm telling her, like, yo, like, after, you know, doing whatever I was doing with her, I was like, yo, like, I don't want to be with you no more. Like, just like that. And I didn't know I had said that. And she starts, like, banging on my chest and, like, hitting me on. She's like, why would you say that? And then, you know, we, we get into an argument, right? Then, literally, I had remembered, this was like a Thursday. I had remembered that uh, Jasmine had invited me to a base camp, which was an, was an event that King of the Nations would do for the young and, and, and the young adults and the youth. And she, had, she, she didn't call it a retreat. She was like, hey, man, we're doing a, uh, we're, we're going to a, a base camp. It's like a camp, you know, uh, and it should be fun. You know, she knew, she knew that if she would have said anything along retreat that I, that I would have said no. But the truth is, is that I was so broken that I was looking for anything to help me. So I would have said yes either way. And so in my mind, though, I was like, you know what? There might be a couple of little females at the, at, the, at the camp. I told her, I was like, you know what? Let me see if I can get off work. You know, let me see if I can get off work. There was no work that weekend anyways. I was working for a moving company already. And so... I come to church. I'm on my way to uh, to this to this retreat, right, base camp. I get there. It's like, you know, we left at like one. It's probably like four or five by the time we get there, something like that. I get to the main auditorium and um, and uh, I'm instantly furious, instantly, like bitter, like just angry. I'm so frustrated with what I'm looking at. What I was looking at is just people giving praise right to Jesus but it looked like a concert to me and I was like I was I don't know bro like it, it I was just disgusting I didn't like it and um I go to the back I'm still looking to the front you know where people are doing with disgust and I had, uh Jonathan come over Jonathan Santos he's coming he comes over to me he's like hey you know can I pray for you I don't remember what he prayed um but it was powerful it was powerful it it um it, uh, as soon as he was done, honestly, I didn't hear any of the words he said, but as soon as he was done, when I looked at the crowd, I started crying. And it was like the Lord came, I had like a veil over my eyes and he just, just took it, you know? And um, I started crying. And there was uh, an understanding that that is what I was supposed to be doing, you know? There was an understanding that that is what I was created for, you know? I didn't know how to put the language to it, but there was an understanding there. And so I start crying. I start crying. I'm telling the Lord, I'm like, man, I'm, I messed up, man. I was like, you know, if you, I was like, if you, if you, if you help me, I'm, I'm gonna do it. Like, if you really take it, I'm going to do it. I told him I can't do drugs no more. I told him I don't, I don't want to do them no more. I don't, I don't want to drink no more like the way I've been drinking. So I was like, I'll do it if you help me. Because if not, I won't quit. Right? And so the whole weekend, right, I start, I, I'm, I'm, I'm part of Carlos, you know, our, our director, our pastor. Um, he's a, a young adult pastor. And I'm a part of his group, you know, and and we're doing devotionals in the morning. 
And we're like praying, man, and like doing a whole bunch of stuff that I, I didn't know what the heck was going on. I was like, okay, um, word up. And uh, I'm like, this is weird. You know, for me, it was just weird. And so I was like, okay, cool. So there was like this point during one of those devotionals where where they're like, you know, we're praying for healing. I'm like, <laughs> freak is healing. And, and so... Uh, this guy named uh, Daniel that was there, he had like, he had like something on his finger and I prayed for him, bro. And, and, uh, and it healed, you know, uh, uh, Carlos was like, Carlos was like, lay your hands over him and just, and just say in Jesus name, be healed. I was like, all right, you know, lay my hands on, on, on his finger. I'm like, in Jesus name, be healed. And then Daniel starts smiling. He's looking at me. He's like, bro, it feels much better. It's, it's healed. I'm like, what the heck? And the thing is, like, I don't know what was going on, but when I laid my, my fingers on it, I could, feel, I could feel something underneath my fingers just move, right? And it felt like something was moving. I was like, what the heck? And then after that, bro, like, it just it built faith in me. Cause I was like, yo, like this may not be like, like no joke, <laughs> like something's going on. And then the weekend goes by, amazing weekend. A lot of, uh, a lot of uh, like revelation, things that I didn't know about God, right? And I love the perspective of our church that we, we seek God's heart. We seek the love of God. We seek to be more like Christ. That is the revelation, you know, that I received um, and so, uh, I'm on the bus back, right. To, or it was like a bus or something. I'm, or a car. I don't remember, but I'm on, I'm on the way back to, to church and I'm worried, you know, I'm worried. I'm like, man, when I go back, yo, I had, I had an entire like shelf of liquor, you know, in my room, I had a whole bunch of weed. I had uh cocaine, I had a pills everywhere. I'm worried, bro. I'm like, man, what's going on? Like, I, I was, I was, I was a bit anxious. I was like, when I go back, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall back into it. And I told Jasmine, I'm like, Jasmine, I need you to do something with me. I need you to go back to my room, and I need you to, I need you to help me. I need you to help me get rid of the, some of the stuff I have. And so we, we literally get to the house. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm picking up you know, all the bottles and, and putting them in a pot and like burning it all. Cause I know if I, I knew if I would have thrown it in the trash, I was going to go right back and get it. Right. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I was like, if I put it in the, in the trash, I'm going to go back and get it. So I grabbed the weed. I put it in, in the same pot and I grabbed like think gas or something like that and match lit it up. Right. I forgot I had the Coke. There was Coke in my room. So I left the Coke there. I got rid of that later. I go to work. It was a Sunday, I think, uh, afternoon. I go to work the next day on Monday. And as soon as I get to work, you know, to, to, the, to the client's house, I'm a mover, to the client's house, uh, the, the house that we were working at, she was smoking cigarettes and weed. I tried to go in there. I couldn't. I couldn't. I used to smoke cigarettes heavily. Heavily, bro, like literally probably a pack or two a day. And um, I went in there. I was like, I told the guys, I was like, yo, I'm sorry, yo. Like, I feel like throwing up. I can't go in there. I can't do it. And so for the next year, year to two years, 
I had this thing where if I would get around somebody who either smelled like cigarettes or liquor or anything like that, um, I would know. I could feel it. I could feel my spirit of God like telling me like, that's, that's not good. That's not good. You know, not necessarily telling me that they weren't good, that they, that they didn't need him, but telling me that that wasn't good for me. And so um, it, it would also help because, you know, I started praying. Then I started praying for people. And I'm, and I'm like, yo, this, I know what he's dealing with. Like, I could feel it, you know? So it, it also it uh, woke something up in me spiritually to discern uh, when somebody was either intoxicated or had been intoxicated or, you know, is addicted to, to something. Same thing with... Uh, 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 pornography, things like that, addictions, whatever it is, I can I can feel that on people, and you know I can I can discern it. You know, um, I don't like to put people's things out there, so I wouldn't even if I feel it on you. It's not like I'm gonna you know be like yo <laughs> go now, you know. But uh, I'll call it out and then in love, you know. What happened with all the the people that you were around? Uh, you know, uh, oh. the lifestyle. Like, did how did that go away? Did it go away gradually, or um, how did that happen? Oh nah, it went away instantly. So, uh, well, I say instantly because what had happened right throughout that uh, January to June uh, period, right, those six months, what had happened was a rape charge uh, hit the neighborhood, and so gang unit got involved. They were like, they were looking for a way in, right? And they were like, this is the way to di to dismember the the set. This is what we're going to do. And so uh, everybody started getting booked. And so, you know, like for, for the rape charge, like asking questions, like, were you there? Did you see anything? I, we, didn't, we didn't even know what, I'd, I'd never found out to this day what really happened, you know? But there was a, there was a, there was definitely like a, it was just hot. Like everybody was, Everybody was like ghosts. Nobody was talking to each other. Nobody knew if somebody was talking. Nobody was talking to each other, right? And so it gave me like the perfect like exit point. And then I remember after I got saved, I would get the eventual like call or text. And I'm like, I would tell them, I'm like, yo, like I'm going to church. You know, I, I, I gave my life to Jesus. I decided to walk with him. Um... And uh, they didn't like that. They didn't like that. They were like, oh, okay. You know, it was only, honestly, that call was only from maybe two people and people who didn't really, I'm not gonna say it mattered, but they didn't had a, the potential to do anything uh, about it, you know, to me. But there was always that worry because, you know, you don't just get out like that. You know, that's not how you get out. And so um, I was worried for those, for two years, two, three years, I was worried. I was like, yo, like, like at any point, you know, um, I could be target. So, uh, or I am a target. That was my thought. I am a target. And so uh, I remember my house got like shot up, uh, but I, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, I don't think it was, we weren't there. We were in Miami. I remember my, my house got shot up. Um, and I come back, I, I didn't find a, any, any um, shells or anything like that, uh, any bullet shells or anything like that, but my window had got shot up and I didn't know 
whether it was a gun or not, you know what I'm saying? And it literally went in through the window of the door. Like they had pointed the the, the gun through the window of the door and it had gone out through another window. So we saw like the bullet hole. I was like, oh crap, like, you know, uh, it's crazy. And so I was always like, honestly, I was I was pretty worried for my family and for myself because I was like, yo, like, you know, maybe, maybe they are like, you know, gonna come through. I start working for Amazon. And uh, on one of the routes, I go on. I'm in I'm in the Gaithersburg area, and uh, and uh, I see I, I get out of my uh, I get out of my my uh, my van in in a parking lot, you know, around a, a couple buildings. I'm in the middle of of a, uh, like four or five buildings in a parking lot, and I get out, and out the corner of my eye, I'm, I see like six, seven of my homies, and I'm like, bruh. I, I thought they hadn't seen me, but my older homie, big homie, came up to me. And he was like, and he was like, where have you been? And I was like, I've been going to church. That's what I that's all I could like manage to say. I was I was scared, honestly. I was scared. You know? And I he tells me, he was like, man, that's good. He says, you know, we used to be friends. And then he just walks away, <laughs> just like that. And I could tell you that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen like that. So Jesus gives you the grace and gives you, gives you that favor to walk with him, that strength to walk with him, the ability to walk with him. You know, you don't do it by yourself. And that's what I got from that. Like I was like, man, I was worried for no reason. She just trusted you. That you were gonna, you were literally gonna see me through that, through the valley. You're gonna take. You took me out of something. You're gonna finish it, right? And so, um, yeah, you know. With that being said, that's that's kind of the end of that. I haven't had any contact with any of my old homies from that point. How long have you been walking with Jesus now? Uh, five years. Five years. Now, looking back at, um, obviously, your whole life now, reflecting, you're 24 years old. Obviously, you have a whole life ahead of you, God willing, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but, God willing. <laughs> but reflecting on these 24 years of everything that you've been through, then um, coming to know Jesus, what can you say that Jesus has done in your life? What hasn't he done? He's done everything. I have a new life. Uh, when the Bible says that we 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 literally die and become become new you know in jesus it's quite real like we're a completely different person um so he's done everything i'm not the person who i used to be i don't think anybody here would have liked the person that i used to be um now i'm not saying that there isn't things that need to be worked on there's a lot of things that need to be worked on a lot of character issues a lot of uh mindsets that still to this day even you know i'm getting married in two months to this day need to be dealt with because of the lifestyle that i chose to live back then you know um god's still refining me you know like a diamond you know i like to think of it like that like a diamond you find a diamond it's rough but then you you know you 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 begin to smooth out the edges and and you make it something beautiful and that's a, that's what the lord does with us he molds us he begins to shape everything about us if there's an area in our lives that that hasn't been transformed by jesus 
is because we haven't given him the access or because we're, we haven't been through that process yet. It is a process of refinement. And so, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in that process still. I'm, I think I'll be in that process until I die. You know, there's a lot of things that still have to go that aren't God, you know, but I aspire to be more like Jesus.